Great to be, great to be here with you, and uh, we're uh, doing a second message in uh, the series, How They Got Away With Murder, and uh, as we were thinking about what to talk about uh, leading into Easter, it's, it's way less ominous than it sounds, I promise, but as we were, we were talking about uh, uh, what we should talk about leading into Easter, man, I was just thinking about this idea, actually I don't even know how we came up with the idea, but, uh, uh, but I was thinking about this idea that, uh, I think Autumn came up with it, but... Uh, and, uh, but it made me think of this idea that, uh, man, it's crazy that the two greatest men in the history of the world uh, get murdered within a span of three years. Uh, Jesus, we looked at the first one last week. His name is John the Baptist. Uh, maybe you guys uh, remember uh, hearing about him. And Jesus said, this is the second greatest person ever next to me. And, uh, and he, gets, uh, he gets murdered. And uh, the reason that they get away with murdering John the Baptist is simply this, uh, God decides to do nothing. And last week we looked at the moment that God decides to do nothing. And we looked at this idea that sometimes God does nothing uh, to prepare us to receive something greater. And, and really the same is true uh, of uh, Jesus' death. Uh, God decides to do, do nothing to prepare us to receive uh, something uh, greater. But when you ask the question, man, how did they get away with killing Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world? Like that's a pretty uh, hard uh, to, to predict sort of thing. Uh, there's, there's uh, more than one way to answer that question. But, uh, but throughout Scripture, we see this answer to the question, how do they get away with killing Jesus? And, uh, and here's the, the, the Cliff Notes version. It's not a, a point on your notes, but just so you know. Uh, Jesus lays down his life. Uh, they get away with it because he doesn't fight. Uh, he doesn't defend himself. Um, he, he lets the people who plotted against him uh, for years carry out their murderous intent. And, uh, and, and when you think, man, why would Jesus do that? Why wouldn't he fight back, right? Uh, um, the, the simplest answer is this. Uh, he doesn't fight back. He doesn't defend himself simply because his father asks him not to. Uh, his father asks him to lay down his life for the sake of the world. And it's kind of crazy, right? God basically asks him to, to surrender everything, to give uh, up everything for you and for me. It's pretty, pretty neat, yeah? All right. Well, it's pretty neat. I think it's pretty neat. Uh, but I mean, he asked him to give up everything. And, and, it, it, and, and this sort of reveals a moment that oftentimes we feel concerning what God asks from, from us. And tonight I'd like to talk about this, this moment. And it's the moment uh, that you feel like you're giving more than you're getting. You ever feel that way? The moment that you feel like you're giving more than you're getting. Uh, for me, life has been full of these moments. Uh, one comes to mind in particular when uh, my wife and I moved from Seattle back to Fresno. Um, she, uh, she's a really good friend, and so she, she would call her friends long distance, you know, long distance relationships, even long distance friendships are pretty difficult. She'd call them, she'd send them birthday cards, uh, man, she'd, uh, she'd visit them, and, uh, and, and she was doing all these things to, to continue these friendships. She was reaching out, and what she found is that these friends um, uh, of 10 plus years uh, were, were not reaching out or not reciprocating uh, the effort. You ever find yourself in a relationship like that? And, and she was basically doing everything in her power to maintain these long distance friendships and, and finding that the people that she'd done life with for the better part of a decade were putting in very little effort. And can I tell you, she was so, so irritated by this. It drove her crazy. 
And, uh, and, and it's because she was feeling this, this tension, right, of, man, I'm, I'm given a whole lot more than you're giving me. You ever, you ever been there? And, and, uh, and I think that a lot of the times uh, we feel this way about life. I mean, you think about uh, paying a, a hefty tuition and feeling like you didn't learn anything that semester. Like that's like you're, you're, you're paying into the school and they're just giving you nothing, no valuable uh, life or work skills in return. Do you know that uh, they did a study and they found that uh, 65% of college students with a four-year degree uh, feel unprepared for the workforce? Isn't that crazy? If that's not an example of uh, giving more than you're getting, I don't know what it is. Or uh, maybe you pour into a relationship and the other person uh, doesn't really give you much back, right? They, they talk and talk and talk and talk but never ask you how you're doing, uh, right? Or, um, man, uh, you, you find that, uh, man, you're, you're always buying lunch and they're never pitching in, right? Uh, you have a, the friend who's like the freeloader friend. Any freeloader? You guys are so good. No freeloaders. Good, good for you. Uh, or um, uh, maybe you guys maybe don't feel this one yet, but you, you, maybe you paid a lot in taxes this year and you still have a pothole in front of your house. Uh, like this is, this is real life. <laughs> Tax returns are nice. Uh, uh, you, uh, maybe you work harder uh, than anybody at your job, but nobody appreciates it. Uh, you just are, you're grinding and grinding and grinding, and you don't get the promotion, the person that everybody laughs at their jokes and that person gets the promotion. You guys with me sometimes, uh, man, we, we uh, feel like we're uh, given far more than we're getting. And here's the really tough thing, is sometimes we, we end up feeling this way about our relationship uh, with God, do we not? Uh, that what, what God is asking from us is, is far more than, than maybe we're willing to or, or even we're capable uh, of giving. I mean, I mean think about, think about um, and all the times you come to church, and, uh, and you, you feel recruited and not recharged, right? I mean, I apologize. We're trying to, to keep people involved and to, to put them in places where they can receive from Jesus. But a lot of times we come to church and we're just like, man, I, I don't feel filled. Man, I just feel recruited. Or, uh, or we, maybe you had a moment where you, you prayed for help and, and God gives you a project, not provision, right? Like, uh, you need to do this, right? And you're like, no, no, I just want you to fix it. Or, or, or maybe, uh, man, you've asked for, for advice and you get criticism and not compassion uh, from uh, another believer or, uh, or maybe this one, uh, anybody in this boat, uh, you read the Bible and you get confused, not encouraged. Anybody ever been there? Right? Like, what does this even mean? Like, come on, Lord. Like, and, and it feels like you're, you're, you're putting in the time, but you're not getting anything out of it. And, and this is the moment uh, that I'd like to talk about with you tonight, because when you look, about, look, look at Jesus and him laying his life down, uh, you, see, uh, uh, you see something about who God is and what he, what he has to offer us in these moments uh, that's pretty incredible. Now, uh, let me read tonight's passage, and then I'll pray, and then we'll dive into the point. Sound good? All right. Uh, here we go. John 10. It's on your outline. John 10, starting in verse 11, it says this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock uh, attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life 
only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Now, did you guys catch that phrase? It's repeated like a bunch of times in, in these few verses. I laid down my life. You got it. Yeah, I laid down my life for the sake uh, of the sheep. And we see, man, the reason that, uh, man, this group of, uh, of religious leaders got away with murdering Jesus, he laid it down. He laid down his life. It was for the sheep. And, and, uh, and here we learn uh, something about Jesus. Jesus chooses to die for the sake of his sheep. And the sheep are, the Cliff Notes version, the sheep are God's people. You see it all over the scriptures. One, one famous verse in Psalm 100, it says, we are his people, uh, the sheep of his, do you guys know? Pasture. We, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And so he's saying, listen, my sheep are, are my people. I'm the good shepherd. I'm here to take care of them, to lead them, uh, to make sure they have everything they need. Now, uh, this is a, a pretty uh, a common example in the Bible, and people understood uh, the life of a sheep. A sheep, uh, the, a sheep's function in the ancient world was uh, one of a commodity. The sheep was a commodity, meaning it's something that was bought and sold. Uh, it was, uh, you guys with me? So sheep's, 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 uh, sheep were used uh, to produce wool, milk, cheese. They were sometimes used as sacrifices and religious rituals. Um, they, uh, they're domesticated animals. In other words, they're not wild, meaning they can't survive on their own, right? So, so sheep are, uh, they're, they're, they're needy. They, they need someone to take care of them, and they're, they're commodities bought and sold. And so Jesus compares us, his people, to sheep. And he says his people, and this is, this is uh, really important, to understand. he says his people are being used and consumed, uh, in fact, before Jesus enters Jerusalem, he stops on a hill and he looks down uh, and he looks into the city of Jerusalem and, uh, and this is uh, how that scene is described. It says in Matthew nine thirty six, it says, uh, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Isn't that interesting? He looks, he looks at all of these people in Jerusalem. He's like, uh, man, they're being harassed. They're helpless. They can't defend themselves. And, and that's because we live uh, in a world uh, that's set on consuming. Uh, there's, uh, there's a reason that, that you and I have this experience of, man, I feel like I'm giving a lot more than I'm getting. There's a reason that we have this experience so often uh, with people, men in workplaces, in, in, in our schools, um, sometimes with God, and it's because we've gotten really accustomed to a world uh, that, that uh, is set on consuming uh, and, and taking, uh, you know, the survival of the fittest. Uh, you... you, you uh, you get what you earn, right? You, um, uh, are you with me? And, um, and sometimes uh, we don't even realize that, that it's happening. And, and Jesus, the reason that Jesus even found himself in the crosshairs, like the, the reason people like wanted to kill him at all is because he was confronting uh, consumers. You guys remember that the moment, uh, I'm not gonna do it with this table, I promise, but Jesus enters the temple and he starts turning over tables uh, and, and he's like, He's whipping, whipping people out of the temple, which is pretty like, you guys, pretty crazy, right? Like he's, he's, going, he's getting mad, and, and he's angry because they've turned uh, God's temple, a house of prayer, into a den of, you guys know, robbers, thieves, uh, uh, cons- consumers. They, they've, uh, they've essentially uh, begun to, to prey on people's guilt and desperation. And Jesus here in John 10 says, uh, I am the good shepherd. I'm not here to consume. Uh, I'm here to lay down my life for the sheep. Now, uh, 
Uh, here's the, the first reason that he does that. Jesus lays down his life to confront a culture of consumers. Jesus lays down his life to confront a culture of consumers. And uh, when we're, we're, we're asking this question, man, uh, why is it that oftentimes I feel like uh, I'm given a lot more than I'm getting? The reality is, is that there's just a lot of people uh, that, that are consumers. They're takers. They're, uh, they're, they're wolves or they're workers. Uh, these are the, the images that, that Jesus uses. And uh, he, he's essentially uh, comparing himself, Jesus the good shepherd, uh, to, to the other authority figures of his day. So he, in, in the, the, the passage he says there are uh, uh, wolves, right? Uh, who come to do what? Attack the sheep, right? Devour uh, the sheep. He says, uh, I lay down my life while there are wolves who look to consume my sheep. Now, um, here's, here's the, it's sort of a, a, an interesting image, right? Jesus uses this interesting phrase about wolves. He says, uh, the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. He scatters it. Yeah, you, you would think that it would say, right, uh, the the wolf attacked the flock and ate it up, right? Uh, because that's what we expect wolves to do, right? But that's not what he says. He says the wolves attack the flock and, and, and scatters it. And here's, here's the, um, uh, the defining char- characteristic of a wolf. And this is why oftentimes we find that, that we're, we're giving far more than we're, we're getting. Uh, it's because, man, wolves are consuming our peace. I mean, the, the, the defining characteristic of a wolf is that it attacks. It does damage it threatens. Wolves consume your peace. And the funny, you guys, uh, have anybody, has any of you spent any time with sheep? Uh, they're weird. Uh, and and you, know, you know what's so funny is if you walk into a group of sheep and they don't know who you are, they all stop eating. Have you guys ever had that experience? Uh, and, and here's why. Uh, if, if, uh, if wolves feel threatened at all, even a little bit, even, even by someone as nice and kind and, and bubbly and toothless as me, right? Like, uh, if they feel threatened even a little bit, they stop eating. And and if they feel threatened for long enough, they'll starve themselves. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. Thank you. I was looking for the word. I couldn't find it. And and Jesus, he's he's looking at this group of religious leaders uh, who have been uh, robbing uh, an entire uh, uh, nation's peace uh, by by this method, Uh, by, by uh, heaping on burdens, uh, uh, heaping on burdens. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, they looked at the people of God and they said, uh, God has abandoned us because you're too sinful. Do better. You guys ever feel like people say that about you? Maybe you've said that about yourself. Man, man God's not saying anything. He's not giving me anything. He's not answering my prayers because I need to do better. This is what the wolves in Jesus' day Said. In fact, uh, when you look at, at Matthew 9, Jesus says uh, the wolves are the, the false prophets who are like wolves in sheep's clothing, right? And, and so there are these people that are, that, are, that are telling people lies about how God is and who God is. And, and Jesus says, listen, I, I, I came uh, to, to show you that I'm different uh, than the people that steal your peace. And, and here's a question for you. Uh, what in your life is consuming your peace? Uh, because the funny thing about, about not being at rest, not being at peace, is that, man, you just stop eating. You just stop receiving from the Lord. It, it's, it's uh, man, if, if you can do it, that's amazing. But in my life, it's been impossible to receive from the Lord when I'm not at peace, uh, when I'm not 
uh, centered, when, I, when I'm not secure, when I'm not at rest. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just looking around, avoiding the next accusation, the next problem, the next painful circumstance. Uh, the, the, I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop, and I'm not uh, being fed. Uh, maybe it's your calendar uh, that consumes your peace. Maybe it's the expectations that people have put on you. Uh, maybe it's the opinions of others. Uh, maybe it's a person who always tells you that you're not good enough. Uh, maybe it's you that always tells you that you're not good enough. Maybe it's uh, a way of thinking that you've got stuck in. Uh, but, but, but man, when you, when, you ask, when you think about this question, man, am I at peace? What is it that steals my peace? If, if there's something or someone in your life who's consistently putting you on edge, Man, that might be a, a wolf in your life, distracting you from the good shepherd, man, who wants to lead you uh, to a place, uh, um, to lead you by still waters, to, um, to, to places where you can, you can eat and be satisfied. You see, uh, uh, Jesus understood this, and so he, he comes and he's like, uh, I, I'm going to lay down my life, uh, not only to expose the wolves, uh, but so that you can know, man, I'm not here to consume you. Like, I don't need anything from you. Uh, and then he says this. There's another, uh, another culture, part of the culture of consumers, and it's, it's the workers, right? He says there are hired hands, and the hired hands do what? Uh, when the wolves come, they run away. Uh, and and the, the defining characteristic uh, of a worker or a hired hand is that uh, they don't actually care uh, about the sheep. Uh, they don't actually care about the sheep. These are the people uh, who will help you as long as you keep them fed, right? You know anybody like that? These are the people that'll stick around as long as they can get something out of you. Uh, these are the users, the people that use others. Uh, and, and they're in your life not to bless you, but because of what they can get from you. They consume your margin, the, the space that you have to, to rest and receive uh, from the Lord. And, and when, when Jesus talks about these hired workers, he's talking about the people who have authority to protect the people of God, the people in Jerusalem. And, uh, and do you guys know who that is? It's the, it's the Roman Empire. Man, they're, they're the ones who, who have been given uh, government over the people to protect them, to care for them. And, um, and what he's saying is this, uh, they'll take care of you as long as they can extort you uh, for, for tax money. Uh, they'll take care of you as long as you don't threaten their their political status, their reputation. Uh, they'll they'll uh, be for you as long as uh, you don't make waves, but, but they'll consume your margin. They'll, com- they'll consume that extra space you have in your, your day, your time. And, and, I, and I wonder, um, uh, man, when we feel like we're given more than we're, we're getting, if it's not because we're given uh, to the wrong sort of person, like could it, could it be that there are people in our lives that we're giving ourselves to that, uh, that don't actually care about us. You guys ever think about that? That maybe the reason that, that we don't have more time uh, f- uh, to receive from the Lord, maybe, maybe the reason that we're not at rest, maybe the reason that we feel like we don't have enough is because uh, I mean, we're, we're giving our attention to people and, and to things that are really just consuming us. I mean, you think about this. Uh, this is an example that's, that's not... Uh, um, too personal, I hope. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, you think about uh, how Instagram makes money, right? Uh, and uh, you guys probably are all, do, all done with Instagram, but I found myself scrolling through Instagram the other day, right? And I'm like, uh, oh, that's, that's cool. That's how, <laughs> yeah, I, they went to that thing. Neat, right? Like, oh, they're dating? Cool, right? Like, I'm scrolling through, and then it's like, ad, 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 right? Like, uh, Instagram isn't trying 
to connect you with anybody, Instagram is trying to sell you something. Did you know that? And, and then they'll, uh, they'll keep dropping ads more and more and more and more uh, if it means, uh, man, you'll stick around and buy a product. If they can make money on you, they'll stick around. And uh, do you know, as soon as Instagram stops uh, making money off of you, uh, it'll no longer be a business. You think about that? I mean, think about all of the people and the things that have our attention, and, and really they have our attention, uh, and the only reason that they exist is to get something from us, right? You guys, you guys with me? I mean, what is it, like, what is it in your life? Like, are there, are there things that are, man, consuming your margin uh, and, and keeping you from receiving because here, here's the reality is that uh, a lot of the times when, when we're giving uh, more than we're getting, it's not because there's nothing to receive from the Lord. It's, it's not because there's nothing to receive from this life that you've been given. Uh, but it's simply this. It's that we've given our attention uh, to workers, to hired hands, to people who, who really don't have our interest in, in mind. And, and so Jesus, he confronts these wolves. He confronts these workers. And he, he does it even uh, today. And, and the way that he does it is he gives his life away. He says, look, I'm different than them. Uh, he, he, puts himself, he puts himself out there. And, uh, and what's, the, uh, um, what's the best way uh, to, um, to confront someone who's really greedy uh, or jealous uh, or self-interested? Uh, I mean, think about it. Like, what, what's, the, what's the best way to sort of expose them for, for who they are? Put them side by side with someone who's incredibly generous, right? Like, it's, it's hard, man, it's, it's hard to, to mistake the generosity of Jesus for, man, the self-interest, the self-interest of wolves and hired hands. And, and Jesus, he confronts them by giving his life away. Uh, now, um, uh, these are the same people that tried to take Jesus' life. Uh, consumers are takers. And when you kill someone, you take they're alive, right? And, uh, and one of the things that's so cool about Jesus, and this is how they got away with, with murdering him, right? This is how the, they got away with killing him, uh, is um, he, uh, he gave his life away before they could take it. And this is your, your next villain. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't take what was already given away. And it's sort of a, a simple idea, but, but Jesus says, uh, nobody took my life, I laid it down. Uh, and, and it's so cool, right? Like, uh, God has already given his life away for the sake of the sheep, uh, not the wolves, not the hired hands. Like, Jesus has already given his life away for them. And, and it's sort of like this, right? You, you, can't, you can't steal what has already been given, right? You, like, you can't steal a wallet that's already in your pocket, right? Like, it, that doesn't, you guys with me? Like, you can't, like, that's not how it works. And this is sort of what Jesus is. It's like, I, I've already laid my life down. Nobody can take it from me. I, I, I've repurposed, man, I've repurposed uh, their evil intent uh, for the good uh, of my people. And, and, and so, man, when we look at Jesus, I mean, we have to understand something. Uh, Jesus is different than the takers. Like, he isn't consuming our margin. Uh, he isn't um, taking our peace. Uh, he's taking our place, right? He's taken the target off of our backs. Uh, he's given his life uh, for your sake and, and for mine. It's an incredible, incredible thing. 
And, uh, and I think that a lot of the times, I mean, we have trouble receiving from him uh, because we, uh, we still kind of see him uh, like we see the people who have uh, used uh, and abused and consumed us, right? The people who have, have taken from us uh, instead of uh, blessed us. And, and we've all had people in our lives like that, right? Uh, and some, sometimes the sad thing is, is that those people uh, are believers, right? People who, who we met at church, who, who promised to help us and really ended up hurting us. And, and sometimes we, get, we, we mix up Jesus uh, with um, man, a culture of consumption. But the reality is, is that Jesus doesn't actually need anything from you or from me. Uh, in fact, the whole, the whole posture uh, of the life of faith, uh, of the life of a believer is, is just this. It's one of, uh, Lord, what would you give me, right? Like when we, when we worship Jesus, like when we have this posture, right, it's, it's a posture of either surrender or receiving. Lord, I'm giving this up so I can take what you have to offer. Are you guys with me? And this is the, the posture of the life of faith. And this is what Jesus is trying to get across as he, he gets ready to, to walk into to Jerusalem and lay his life down for the sake of people. He wants them to understand that he's different than the religious leaders that they've known in the past. He's different than the people who've uh, used others um, uh, or consumed others. That he's a good shepherd who, who consistently lays his life down um, uh, by choice. And, and here's, here's one of the things that's so, so cool about this passage, and I hope I can explain this well, but in verse 14, if you look at your notes, he says, I'm the good shepherd, and it's so interesting. He goes from uh, addressing uh, consumers uh, to talking about his people. He says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Uh, ultimately, that's God's goal uh, in, in laying his life down, is that he would know each one of you, and you would know him. And then he says this. Um, he says, and I laid down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep that are not uh, of this sheep pen, and I must bring them in also. In other words, because, uh, man, because there's a culture of uh, con- consumers, uh, people have been, and wolves, uh, his people have been scattered. His people are far from him. Uh, his people are not within earshot. And, and so he, he also does this to bring, in, uh, to bring in his people, the people that, man, he has chosen before the foundation of, of the world. Are you with me? So there's, there's the people, man, who, who, are, uh, uh, who know him, who, who hear his voice, who follow after him. And there's those who are, who are outside his pen. They're not resting. They're not being fed. They're not being fueled. Uh, they're lost. And, and ultimately what, um, what he's, he's saying is, I lay my life down so that I can go and bring them in. And, and here's the thing that's, that's so cool is uh, in, in laying his life down, we learn Three things that we need to know to receive from him. Or, or you might say it this way. Uh, when, when, um, when we look at Jesus laying his life down, uh, we learn uh, three things that help us to, to hear his voice and follow after him. And, and, man, I'd like to share these three things with you briefly. Is that okay? All right. Here, here's, uh, here's the first one. Uh, man, if you want to hear more of, of his voice, if you want to receive from him, I mean, you have to understand that he always gives more than he takes. Man, the Lord Jesus always gives more than he takes. He, he's, he's not consuming. Um, man, he's, he's giving. I, uh, uh, I was talking with a friend, and she's been uh, um, volunteering in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Anybody ever done that? Uh, just one? It's, it's a pretty cool thing. It's, you know, they pair up an adult with a teenager who, um, who doesn't have uh, uh, 
very many positive role models in their life. And, and these kids come from rough backgrounds. And my friend's been hanging out with this, this young teenage uh, girl uh, for, uh, man, the last three years. And uh, she, she's been, um, been pouring in, investing into this girl. And uh, this girl's foster parents, man, they're, they're, uh, they're old. Uh, they, they're unable to take care of her anymore. And, um, and they were talking about uh, giving, giving her up to another foster family. And, uh, and my friend, she said, man, we just felt led uh, to foster adopt this girl. And, uh, and it was so cool, right? It's, because um, that's a, that's a, that's given a lot, right? Like giving someone a room in your house, uh, paying for their food, uh, caring for them, uh, um, correcting them when they go the wrong way. Like it's a, it's a big deal to, to uh, welcome someone into your house. Like it's, it's given uh, a lot. And man, it's, it's, man, when God, when God asks us to do these things that are, that are challenging, that are, that are maybe feel like they're beyond us, these are moments where, man, it feels like we're, we're going to end up giving a whole lot more than we get, right? And uh, man, but I love this perspective. She talked about this and she said, uh, uh, she said, man, I feel that she's, I feel this. I I'm, feel like I'm going to be given more than I I'm getting. She's like, uh, this is this is too much for me. She said, uh, but but I know Jesus will help me do what He's asked me to do. Isn't that such a cool attitude? Isn't that a, and that's an attitude that understands, man. That 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 Jesus always gives more than He asks of us. That Jesus always gives more than He asks of us, man. And I think that a lot of the times. Uh, and we struggle to hear from the Lord. We, str- we struggle to receive from the Lord because uh, we assume uh, that he's, he's, uh, he's asking more than he's giving. You ever think that way about God? Maybe not explicitly, but maybe subconsciously. You're like, man, I can't believe that he would ask me to do that, right? I, I, um, I just think about my life as a teenager. I became a Christian uh, as a junior higher and uh, um, and I, uh, I remember basically my entire teenage life as a believer was this feeling of, man, I feel like God's asking too much of me, right? Like, and just really basic things, right? So just think about the basic things that God asked us to do. Are you guys, you guys up for this little thought experiment? Okay. So, uh, um, uh, God says, Hey, confess your sins to one another. Don't, don't hide your sins, live in the light. And man, my entire life, I'm like, you want me to do what? Like, you want me to share what with who? Like, you you, you know what, if they know that, they're, they're not, you know what they're going to think about me? Like, you, you know what they're going to, you, you guys are, you've been there, right? Like, that's crazy. You're asking too much. I cannot tell anybody that, right? That's, that's, that's between me and you, right? Like, or, or okay, that's a basic one, right? Like, that's essentially repentance, right? Okay. Uh, or or, uh, or here's, here's, here's a good one, right? Uh, go and make disciples, right? Especially as a new believer, you're like, you want me to do what? Right? Like, are you kidding are you kidding me? You want me to talk to people who don't know Jesus about Jesus? You, you see how bad a, a disciple I am already? Like, you, you want me to make a disciple, right? Like, you guys, you guys, man, our, our whole Christian life uh, is, is marked by these moments where, like, he asks us to do something that stretches us, right? This is his pattern. This is his way. He says, man, uh, this is what faith is. It's stepping out beyond ourselves and trusting him to supply what we need. And, and until... We understand that, that Jesus always gives more than he takes, and we'll stay in the same place. Man, we'll, we'll never get inside his pan and rest and be fueled. We'll never follow him out into the world and do 
uh, ministry. It's just, and it's the, or, uh, do you want another one? No, no, we'll keep going. Okay. <laughs> but, man, do, do, do you see what I mean? Like, man, if you want to receive from Jesus, you have to understand uh, that, that when he asks you to go somewhere or do something, it's because it, it's a place where you can receive more of his grace and his truth and his joy and his life, and you can experience more of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, here's the second thing. Uh, three things you need to know to receive from him, to hear his voice, to know it. He will not leave because you come up short. He will not leave because you come up short. Now, uh, the hired hands, right, uh, when the sheep stop being profitable, they, they, they abandon shit, right? Like when the wolves come out and, and the sheep are already sheared, they're, they're peacing, right? Because they don't actually care about the sheep. They only want the what? Show me the money, right? Like, they just want the money. They just want to get something out of you. And I think that a lot of the times, I mean, we struggle to receive from the Lord because uh, when we come to church, we, we assume that, that God uh, saves us so that we'll serve him. Or, or, man, we think that if we serve him, then God will save us, right? And, and we think that, that really uh, there's this transaction that happens with God, that, that, that God really just wants a relationship with with uh, him so that we'll do things for him. But that's not what Jesus says here, is it, right? Like, he doesn't say, I lay down my life for the sheep because they're very profitable, right? Like, that's what the hired hands say. He, he, he instead, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep because what? Because I love them, because I know them, because they are mine, and I care about them. You see the difference? Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, always has something to offer you, man, whether you feel like you're a great Christian or you're a terrible one. Isn't that such good news? It, man, it's, it's incredible, right? Like, uh, he, he never leaves, right? Like, in fact, Jesus from the cross, it's one of the last things he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, right? Like, he's like, I'm not like those guys, right, who, man, as soon as things got difficult, they were out. I mean, do you, do you know people like that in your life? Uh, man, are, are there things like that that you look to in your life that, man, uh, man as soon as you stop uh, paying into it, into the relationship, into the service, uh, into the, the habit or the project, uh, that it stops blessing you? Because, man, if that's your, if that's your experience with, with God, then, man, you've got something backwards, uh, God doesn't save you so that you'll serve him. He saves you because he loves you. And, and, uh, and here's, here's the thing. Man, that doesn't mean that uh, we as believers don't have a role to play, that God hasn't called us to, um, man, to share the good news with others. Uh, but it's simply this, is that, man, when, uh, man, we, when we love something, we give to it. And that's, that's all, all I'm saying. Like, uh, you think about the, the most famous verse in the Bible, right? John 3.16, you guys know that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? For God so loved that he gave. Like, uh, this is, man, uh, such a cool principle that, man, when you love something, you give to it. And, and the reason that God gives his life for you and for me, the reason that he lays it down, the reason they get away with murder is because, man, he loves you. Not because he wants something from you. It's good news, right? Uh, so, man, when you find yourself like, oh, man, uh, looked at that thing on the internet again, like didn't read my Bible, like, Cussed out that customer. 
you hope you didn't do that right. But, uh, 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 honked my horn a lot of that old lady, right? Like he was, that, that was that was mine, right? Uh, but uh, uh, like, man, when, when you find yourself impatient, uh, bitter, resentful, like doing things that are not spirit-filled and not spirit-led, God says, "Hey, hey, I have I have more for you than that." And I know you feel empty and tired. I have more for you than that. Man, until, until we know these two things, man, it gets difficult to hear his voice. It gets difficult to receive from him. And, and just think about it, right? If you think that he'll leave as soon as you mess up, uh, then uh, every time you feel like you're not good enough, all you're going to hear him saying is, do better, right? God doesn't say that to us. He says, I forgive you and I believe in you. It's, it's crazy. It's awesome. Here's the third thing. Uh, man, if, if you want to receive from him, uh, you have to know he, he will not run out of what you need. He will not run out of what you need. Uh, I don't know, you guys um, ever, there was this movie in, in uh, the 80s. Uh, I'm blanking on the title here. No, dude, that's a good one, though. Uh, man, they didn't want him to dance at all. Uh, Brewster's Millions, you ever hear of this movie? This minor league baseball player makes $11,000 a year uh, and uh, gets arrested. And this guy, he bails him out and gives him this deal, right? He says, if you can spend uh, $30 million in a month, I'll give you uh, my, uh, my father's entire estate of $300 million, right? You guys ever seen this movie? That's kind of a crazy premise, right? You're all going to go watch it, I know. Netflix. Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. Anyway, but Bruce just knows. So this guy's like, uh, man, I'm in. Let's do it, right? And he, he's got some rules that he has to follow, but he, he tries to spend $30 million in a month, and he finds that it's, it's nearly impossible like, to have that. Like, I mean, $30 million is hard for me to even wrap my mind around, but, but in 85, $30 million, he's like, uh, he's like doing all of these crazy things. He's, he's, he's uh, uh, paying for everybody's meals. He's uh, going on plane trips, right? Like, and, and, uh, and he finds that, man, he actually can't spend it all, and he comes to the end of the movie, and you'll have to watch it to, to see what happens, right? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> but, but here's the point, right? Like, I think that, that a lot of the times, uh, we, we come to God and we're like, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure that you have what I actually want, what I actually need. I'm not sure that you have enough. And, and you know, I probably... When he says, I'm, I'm going to, like, you got a shepherd, he's going to lay his life down for the sheep. That seems like a really bad strategy. Like, the, the, shepherd, the shepherd is only really uh, helpful as long as he's alive, right? <laughs> you know? Like, that's how shepherds work. You know, they get their slingshot. In fact, when wolves show up, uh, um, King David, the most famous shepherd uh, probably in history, uh, he, he kills him, right? He killed a lion and a bear and... Uh, I don't know if there's a tiger, I don't remember. There's a lion and a bear he killed, right? It's pretty cool. Like, that's, that's what we think of a good, but he says, good shepherd, lay my life down, down right? And, and I think that uh, sometimes we have these, these moments in our life uh, where, man, we're believing God to provide, we're believing God to show up, we're believing God to give us, man, the friendship that we need, the encouragement that we need, uh, the small group that we need, uh, the Bible study that we need, and, and we find, uh, man, we find the rug sort of getting pulled out from under us, the small group ends, uh, the Bible study confuses us. Uh, the friend challenges us. It doesn't encourage us at all. Um, we, we don't get the job that we thought was going to pay our bills. And we're like, 
God, what the, what the heck? I thought you had what I needed, right? Like I thought you were going to be a uh, uh, boss man shepherd killing lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Thank you. Uh, I thought you had me. You let me down. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, you, guys, you guys with me? And, and here's, the, here's the crazy thing is, is Jesus, even meant when he lays his life down, and he lays his life down so that you would know that he's going to give more than he takes always, that he already was willing to give everything, right? Uh, to carry the sin of mankind on a cross, to bleed and to die, and, and, and that, that he's, he's willing to give everything. But, but this is like the, such an interesting phrase. He says, uh, the reason my father loves me is that I lay my life down only to take it up again. Uh, in, in other words, man, what, what we're all really wanting from God is a full, full life, right? In fact, Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest, and, and, and what Jesus is saying is, listen, I lay my life down for, for you so that you can know I'm good, so you, you know that I'm a, I'm a giver, not a taker. I mean, so you, you know that I didn't come to, to get something from you, but to give something to you. And, and, and man, even when it looks like, man, I'm not going to come through, man, I have the power to bring dead things to life. Are, do you understand me? Like, he, there is no... There is no shortage. He doesn't run out of the things that you need. Uh, maybe you have to wait a few days, right? Maybe you have to, man, seek the Lord in prayer and ask him to, to provide peace in the waiting. But, but he does not run out because he is the good shepherd. He's different than the wolf. He's different than the hired hand. He cares, and he gives, and he gives, and he gives, I, uh, I wonder, um, I wonder uh, if there's someone here tonight, if, if you are in a place where, man, you've been given and given and given and wonder, and you're just wondering when you're going to receive the help you've been looking for. You're going to receive the recognition that you've been looking for. You're going to receive uh, the, the provision uh, that you've been, been looking for. And, and, and can I just say to you that, that maybe uh, uh, the, the key to receiving has less to do uh, with your situation and more to do with, with how you're thinking about uh, who uh, God is in your life. Like, he, I mean, he always gives more than he takes. In fact, uh, Paul said it this way. He says, uh, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? Man, what would it look like if we as the people, man, uh, took that on faith and believed that, that God really uh, is uh, who he proved himself to be at the cross, right? Like, what would it look like if, if, we, if we really believed that the thing that was really hard for us right now was God doing something uh, good in us, uh, good for us uh, for tomorrow? Like, it, it, it's, man, it's so true time and time again that uh, when, when it feels like God is asking uh, more of you than you can give, uh, that he's really not because, man, faith is, is stepping out and trusting that he'll supply what you need. Man, I hope that's your experience this Easter uh, is, man, man, trusting that God is gonna, gonna meet you uh, as you celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And, uh, man, I'd love to pray for you and then uh, let's sing together uh, one more time. Sound good? All right.
Uh, Father God, thanks so much for these people. Man, they, they came on a week that's full and busy and exhausting and tiring. Man, God, thank you that they had the faith to believe that, man, they find rest in the presence of your son, Jesus, the good shepherd, uh, who, who leads us in, in, uh, by still waters, who, who leads us uh, into safe places, who restores our soul. Uh, Father God, thank you so, so much that you care for us, uh, that you lead us. God, and I pray for, for those here tonight uh, who have been pouring themselves out uh, in relationships and in ministries. Uh, God, that uh, they would um, uh, trust that you are doing something even where they can't see it. God, that, that they would trust that you will supply what they need. God, give them confidence, give them hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.